0: Welcome to the Locals Only Bruh Podcast, brought to you by Sound of Hope Recordings, where you bring the music, we bring the hope. This episode is also brought to you by Leafy Green Studios, stay tuned to find out more. This week's guest is kind of a dream come true for me, it's Hans Alleygood. If you don't know who he is, you probably heard some of his bands that he was in, such as Oh Manhattan, Woe Is Me, and finally Favorite Weapon. This was such a fun interview for me. Literally, I've been listening to Hans ever since Vengeance from Woe is Me came out, so it it was really hard for me not to fangirl this episode. I was able to hold it in, which was super... Well, okay, I lie. I edited out the parts where I super fangirled, but it's okay. Um, You'll hear some really cool stories on this interview, though. I mean, we talk from his career from the beginning, all the way to what he's doing right now in his life. We talk about some really cool topics that happened behind the scenes in Woe is Me have him behind the scenes in favorite weapon and yes we even touched upon the woe is me facebook change so buckle your seatbelts because here we go hello hey hey how you doing dude good how's it going it's going good man thank you for taking the time out of your day and to come on and talk to me dude i appreciate that
1: hey no thank you thanks for having me
0: yeah man of course um so let's get right into this um how long have you been doing music for? I mean, before you, after, like, whole the favorite weapon thing. So, I guess from, like, birth until now, how long have you been doing music? Right. Okay, cool.
1: Um, so, I actually grew up in a pretty musical family. Um, my dad's a singer, and uh, pretty much everyone on his side of the family either sings or plays a musical instrument or both. Um, so, pretty much since I was a kid... Um, I I honestly probably didn't have the desire to, like, make a career out of it until probably, like, middle school, high school. But, um, yeah, pretty much my whole life, man.
0: And so how did you get into the more metalcore scene before the whole audition for Woe Is Me? So basically,
1: um, I had just been introduced to the band Under Oath when I was probably like 14 15 years old and honestly that their album They're Only Chasing Safety kind of pushed me into definitely uh, listening to a little bit heavier stuff and um, yeah I mean it just kind of went from there um, but I would say that, uh, that they played a big role into how I came into being into heavier heavier stuff
0: were you in any uh local bands or anything like that before the what was me stint in your career
1: yeah i was actually right before i joined what was me i was in an atlanta atlanta band called oh manhattan um funny story is we had actually done a full-length album um released by an independent uh record label it was just weird timing how it all happened because the day that that album came out was, I think the day that what was me announced that I would be the new singer. (laughs) 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 So it was just, it was just really weird timing. Like there was a lot of stuff going on, you know, behind the scenes where they, you know, the album was still going to be released, but I had pretty much decided that, you know, that's the step that I was going to take if they offered it to me. Uh, what was me? I mean, and, um, so, yeah that's that's what I was doing uh, before uh, Woe was me
0: and so how did Woe was me you being a part of them happen did you just record like you know a small snippet of you singing and sent it in and just you know hope for the best or how did that whole thing happen
1: so it's a really funny story actually um, before woe was me right before Woe was me was was a thing um, me and a couple guys that actually ended up forming woe is me had this kind of project going um but it didn't we had band practice kind of far away from each other like i didn't really live close to them it just ended up not working out um but that's that's the project that ended up becoming uh Was me so i really <laughs> i i just hit them up um when i found out that they were looking for a singer and uh they brought me down to the studio and we did some like demo takes on what would eventually become the song vengeance and uh that was it like i had i had known pretty much every one of the guys in the band uh prior to that so um you know it wasn't like stepping into a room full of strangers um it was actually it was actually pretty comfortable as far as um you know getting to know them and stuff like we had pretty much already known each other
0: when vengeance came out i mean i know this was years ago but do you remember how you felt then because i mean i know Mm -hmm. now like a lot of people still have heated debates they're like team carter team hans type of thing i i really don't understand i mean it it just it blows my mind like reading through these comments seeing you know how much like loathing towards one or another is so how are you how did you feel when Vengeance came out? Were you nervous at all? Like,
1: oh, God, like, I hope these kids like what we're about to drop on them. So, really, it's kind of funny just because I can't believe how long ago that has been. But, um, yeah, I think I think I was probably 19, 18 or 19 years old. And, um, you know, I had met Tyler before. Like, I knew Tyler a little bit. And so, stepping into that position, for me, it, it wasn't like – hey, screw you, man, like, you know, I'm going to be in the band now. It wasn't, there there was no animosity between us, and so for, you know, the band to release a song, obviously uh, directed, uh, you know, at that situation, um, I was a little nervous just because, you know, I was replacing the lead singer of an already established band, and then the lead single <laughs> with the new singer is is kinda of trash in the other guy. Um <laughs>
0: thinking back on that now, like that, that that is even like a little bit more insane. Like they had such an established front man and then, you know, whatever happened, he left. You kinda right. fill the role in the first singles essentially now a diss
1: track. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And at the time at the time I guess I just didn't really understand like um how big of a deal this was going to be. And, uh, cause we basically, we went into the studio, we recorded vengeance and some other things for the reissue of numbers. And then pretty much after that, we had like a week off and then went to Europe. And I remember being on tour and waking up and vengeance had been released. And like, uh, it, you know, I just, I guess, I didn't understand how big of a big of a deal it was going to be. Um, so I didn't. I, I was a little nervous about how people would perceive it, but um, I was also excited just because it was all so new. And um, I think I was just on this this rush of being on tour already and and being across the world. And I wasn't really thinking about the repercussions, uh, so to speak. <laughs> um, so I guess the short answer would be a little nervous about it, but like. I, I didn't really understand
0: <laughs> yeah like who knew like it would set forward like this huge chain of events where like i said people are still arguing about
1: team right, tyler or right. team hands like that it's just wild <laughs> it is pretty wild um especially since you know um what was me's two full-length albums don't really sound much alike
0: yeah, they're completely different sounds. Um, the numbers and Genesis are, are nothing alike.
1: Right. Um, but, you know, Numbers had such a positive, uh, I, I'd say overall positive uh, reception. Um, but, uh, so that's, I think I was more nervous to release, like, the second album.
0: Yeah, well, let's you know, talk about Genesis. So how did that album come about? <laughs> I mean, because you even had a whole different screamer on the album. You had... Doriano compared to Michael. So how was that transition too?
1: Yeah. So that's, I mean, dude, everything, everything at that time was like absolutely insane. So here you have this seemingly solid band from Atlanta singer quits, singer gets replaced. Um, and then right before that, like, you know, guitars had changed a couple times and then, uh, you know, then three of the other original members decide to leave. So here we are, you know, pretty much we've got the reissue of Numbers and then uh, we had a tour. We had to go on tour with, uh, so We Came As Romance Tour and so pretty quickly we had to decide are we going to cancel this tour are we going to try to find someone to at least fill in for uh, the screaming uh, a bassist, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we just decided we would forego like a keyboard player. So basically we went from being super down and depressed because we didn't know the future of the band at this point, even though we had just rented a tour bus to go on this tour. Um, and then literally within 12 hours of that happening, we already had people ready to roll, like lined up uh, Doriano and Brian who even, you know, became members of the band. So all that stuff leading up to Genesis was just tumultuous. Uh, I think that there was a lot of anger, um, especially from, like, you know, I don't want to get too personal, but, you know, just a, a certain person or a certain couple people uh, towards the situation. And so I definitely can say that I've, I feel like Genesis came from a little bit of anger and frustration, I think. Um, and you know, there's actually, there's actually a lot of things that I could, I could talk about Genesis that would, you know, I could probably go on forever about, but, uh, yeah, Genesis basically everyone was super pissed off at least that's, you know, that's how everyone was feeling at the time
0: i mean it sounded good it was a very good pissed off sound because those <laughs> songs slap still to this day dude <laughs> oh, Thanks, man. so i mean even at that time right when genesis was coming out you had issues so again like that whole war like team mentality happened team issues team woe is me still right and i thought it was hilarious i think i was like a sophomore in high school when I've told you once and King of Amarillo dropped like on the same
1: day. Yeah. So how
0: was, how did you guys or personally you feel about that?
1: Um, that, <laughs> that was honestly, things were starting to get a little weird to me and things were starting to get a little crazy. Like what, what are we doing here? Like what, <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what's actually happening And um, personally, and I have no, I have no issue saying this now. Um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly feel like we were kind of pitted against each other. Um,
0: I mean, cause you guys are on the same label, right? You guys were born yeah, on Rise or ro- yeah, Velocity? It,
1: right. So, you know, I, it, it did kind of feel like we were being pitted against each other, um, to try to sell records. I don't know. You know, that. Maybe I I'm mean, looking back at it right. now,
0: too, even like from a fan standpoint, it does kind of seem like that. But at the time, you know, go all the way back to when I was a sophomore in high school and this happened, it kind of just put off whoa, both of these bands like literally hate each other and they're writing heavy music to express this. This is so cool. Let's keep listening and, you know, streaming and buying
1: it. Right. So then we get out on, uh, let's see would have been warped toward 2013. And by this point, like the whole, what was me versus issues thing is still being talked about and discussed. Not as much, but if you were paying attention during that time frame, like people definitely still, you know, kind of knew what was up, yes. um, but it had gotten to the point where, you know, I knew in my mind, like, I don't have a problem with any of those people. In fact, like I don't know them enough any of them enough to have a negative opinion about them. You know what I mean? So it, at that point it was like, you know, all those angry songs were written and it, it just kind of felt like what, like I said before, like, what are we doing here? What are we trying to accomplish? And uh, that just got really stale to me. <laughs>
0: And so then after all that, it's starting to feel stale. Let's fast forward to the American Dream EP. Right. Um, I think Austin wasn't in the band, right? He left, and then you guys or whatever happened happened, and then American Dream EP
1: came out, right? Right. So Austin, yeah. So, so right before, um, Warped Tour 2013, we parted ways with Austin. And um, yeah. So we immediately come back from this awesome festival run in Australia and go into the studio with Tom Denny um, almost immediately to do the American Dream EP. Um, Just because I think everyone was so anxious to try to um, write something that wasn't Genesis um, just to kind of see like you know what is the future of this band what is what is our sound you know what do we what do we want to sound like cuz at this point it's a completely it's almost a completely different creature you know what i mean like you got yeah. you got Kevin who is the only remaining original member and then Andrew would be next in line than me and then Doriano and Brian so we've it was it was really interesting how that panned out um and I, I don't want to say that we rushed it, um, but we definitely did not take our time with it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, I, I feel that. But what's weird, too, with it, the, I think that's honestly one of my favorite things that Woe Is Me actually put out because it was the first time we heard repeating choruses and just, that like, that was the biggest thing that still catches my mind when I listen to it is, this is, like, the first repeating chorus I'm hearing in a Woe Is Me song. Yeah. oh, these are actual first acoustic songs, you know, that weren't a metalcore song turned into acoustic. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. And that's something that we had kind of discussed. Like, um, I think Kevin, Andrew, and I basically all decided that, like, you know, there's only so much we can do with, you know, breakdown, uh, you know, singing parts, and then... Breakdown, 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 another singing part later that isn't the same. Um, and I've always been a fan of um, pop music in general. Um, so we kind of wanted to still stay true to like the heavier aspects of Genesis, but um, it was definitely purposefully done. You know, we wanted like a repetitive poppy aspect to it as well. Let's go
0: then into right after oh, – I don't know if it was right after, a couple months after uh, American Dream came out, you left the band. And I did. Like, as a fan, it kind of came out of like left field because, you know, to us it was, wow, they just put out this great EP. I think uh, it was right before Warp, so you guys were on Warp Tour playing it, and then all of a sudden a YouTube video come out with you. You know, I'm leaving the band, guys. Sorry. So what led up to that?
1: Man, to be honest, it uh... – it's a loaded question and I could probably answer it a million different ways and, and, uh, they all be true, but it's a lot of it had to do with, with just, uh, personal struggles with myself. Like, uh, I definitely felt like that I wasn't trying to pursue this for the right reasons anymore. Um, that I was just trying to keep this, like keep the ship afloat. And, uh, there was a lot of stuff that had, uh, gone on behind the scenes. Like before I had joined the band that, um, didn't really sit right with me and didn't make sense financially. And so, um, I just, I wasn't having fun with it, and I was trying to force myself to be happy doing it, and I think that just made it worse. So I just, I had to make a decision for myself, you know, for my mental health, and uh, I just had to get out, you know. Uh, It sucked. It was one of the hardest things that I ever, you know, had to do because, you know, this started probably, like I said, when I was 18 or 19, I'm like 21, 22 at this point, point. Um, and that was like, up to that point, that was everything that I had ever wanted to do or, you know, so I thought, uh, pretty much ever since like middle of high school was like, you know, being a band and it was going to be great. And, um,
0: every teenager's <laughs> dream, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I just, I had to talk with my dad one night and, uh, he was just like, you know, basically if you're not having fun with it, then what are you doing? So, I mean, that's when I knew I couldn't I couldn't look him in the face and say, yeah, this is fun because it wasn't. And,
0: yeah, and then at the time, too, you were so young and having to be on the road literally all year round playing, you know, the same sets over and over. Of course, you're going to get burnt out and stuff like that, too.
1: Right. And I think I think it was more of like. Uh, I, I missed a couple things like we were on tour in the UK when my one of my sisters graduated high school so I missed that um, and it's 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 sacrifices like that that you you already know were gonna be a thing when you decide to to do that and pursue music and be gone so it's not like I didn't I hadn't already accepted that I had to make sacrifices I think um, once it started to not be fun I just got really depressed and it was just... It was just time to to make a change, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I can totally feel that. Before we move on to the favorite weapon part of your career, I, I have to ask because I I think I remember something, but I don't know if it's real. Did you guys ever put out a shirt when you were in Woe Is Me that said, um, I was once a member of Woe Is Me? or Just something like that because I remember... When you guys were going through all these member changes and stuff, I swear <laughs> I saw a shirt that said that. I don't know if it was fan made or if it was something you guys actually put out.
1: No, no, that was uh, we uh, I can't remember who who made that call. No, we we released it, or I guess it wasn't us. You're like I guess it was like technically like the label released it through uh through merch now. But yeah, it was. I used to be, and woe is me.
0: But yeah. I wanna,
1: I, I'm pretty sure, in fact, I'm pretty confident that that was already a thing. Like, the band Taking Back Sunday, you know, had some member changes at, at some time. And I'm pretty sure that there's also a shirt that says I used to be in Taking Back Sunday. So it wasn't an original idea per se, but definitely funny and definitely accurate yeah
0: it was just something that like i saw one day randomly like scrolling through facebook and i was like that's hilarious and so i had to make sure there was an actual legit thing
1: that (laughs) was 100 percent real
0: (laughs) oh that's great before we find out what happened in the favorite weapon portion of hans's career let's do an ad break remember when i said this episode was also brought to you by leafy green studios well let's talk about them a little bit Leafy Green Studios specializes in hip-hop, rap, and trap music, producing, and mixing. Are you sick of getting your tracks back and they just don't have that wide, nasty, low-end feel, and they just sound thin and weak and no one's going to want to bump them in the club? Well, that's where Leafy Green Studios comes in at. Joy will give you one of the best mixes that you've ever had on one of your hip-hop tracks. If you don't believe me, take a little listen to some of their stuff in their portfolio now. And searching for Yeah, got my and and I got a hundred get and I get made. full Watch me Did you like what you heard? Do you want your mixes to sound like that? Well, then, you better have Leafy Green Studios mix your next song. You can book them by emailing Studios at gmail.com. Again, that email is Studios at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to our conversation with Hans Oligood. Let's go into the favorite weapon part, then. So you leave Woe is Me. Yep. What were you doing in that time period before Favorite Weapon? So,
1: let's think back. Um... Well, I knew when I left, what was me, that I didn't want to just stop playing music. Um, I had it in my in my mind that, like, if I could just take a minute to calm down and and you know relax and recharge and try to just be happy and 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 positive and think about the future, um, the music was still on the table for me, you know, or I guess. Pursuing music in that same way was still on the table. I hadn't written it off completely. I was just, this is not the right place for me. This is not the right time. And, and that situation just wasn't working out. Um, so actually, I leave Woe Is Me. And shortly thereafter, I was talking to uh, Tom, Denny, because we had kind of discussed maybe doing our entire third album as Woe Is Me with him. And, uh, you know, he was just kind of like, Hey, what happened? And one thing led to another. And he's like, well, listen, man, like, why don't you and I get together and, uh, work on a couple demos together and just see what happens. And because I basically explained like, you know, I'm not really sure if I'm ready to hop into something just yet. Like, I definitely don't want to do anything in like the same arena as far as like super heavy. Um, but yeah, he's like, just come down to Florida and, you know, spend a couple days with me and we'll just try to demo some stuff out. And I did. And, uh, the very first thing that he and I put together and recorded was, uh, the song that became, uh, let's shake on it from the favorite weapon album. Um. So that's, that's how, that's how Favorite Weapon kind of got started. Um, not too long after that, like I, I went back home and I still, you know, I needed some money and I needed to basically see if anyone would be interested in, in kind of hopping onto this project with me. Um, so I got a job for a bit and, uh, we got like a final version of let's shake on it. And, uh, I got with, uh, the label, uh, and they were just like, well, you know, we really like the song. If you can get a band together, um, you know, we'll give you one album. You can do the album with Tom and, uh, just, you know, go ahead and get a band together. And so after that, I got with my, one of my best friends, Alex, who ended up being guitarist in Favorite Weapon and and helped me a lot with the lyrics. Um, And I told him, I was like, hey, man, no matter what, like, I want you to do this with me. And uh, yeah, we both sat down together and signed a record deal in his living room in his apartment. And that's how Favorite Weapon was born.
0: That's a very cool story. I did not know that, you know. All of that happened in that time frame before you know it became
1: public. Oh
0: yeah. Let's talk about one thing that's super controversial still in the mind of you know every metalcore kid that says they're not a scene kid anymore.
1: Yeah. Um. I know. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> I,
0: I think you know exactly what I'm about to ask. The Facebook page.
1: Yep. I knew it. I knew it.
0: Yeah. I mean that it's still something that's literally talked about in like the defend C- Crab crabcore group on Facebook. You know, people are still up in arms about it. And I assu- personally, I assume it's a label call on that. I doubt, you know, it's something that you're sitting there maliciously twiddling your mustache saying, no, I'm going to change the Woe Is Me page to my new band page.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you're you're right. And I'll go on record and say that, A, uh, it was not my idea to take the Woe Is Me Facebook page. Uh, I actually, it, I pretty much didn't get a say in it. Uh, the idea was presented to me by... Someone at the label, I said, "No way! Uh, I think that idea sucks." <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, you know, let's. So, so I, 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 just had just quit. Woe is me! You know, the internet was already pissed off in the first place that the original singer got replaced. Super pissed when everyone started leaving. Even more pissed off when when I left and the band broke up. Uh, yeah, let's take the Facebook page and change it to my new band's page. That seems like a brilliant idea. Um, No, and I'll go on record and say that um, that wasn't my idea. I did not like that, Um, but it happened anyway. And it was pretty much out of my hands at that point. sucks. I honestly wish that things would have been different.
0: So how did you handle all that feedback? Because I remember when it happened, like, AP dropped a little article on it. And yeah. Literally, people were ready to, like, burn your house down, dude. How, like, I know. How did you handle all that
1: hate? I didn't. I just – once I realized what was happening, I just didn't read it. I literally just avoided all of our social media. Um, I just didn't read it because I, – I mean, I knew. I knew – as soon as they said, this is what we're rolling with, I knew it was going to be horrible.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just, like, super stoked to know that you had no hand in that one. Because, like, literally, people – I still think people have this idea that it literally was just your call to just change Yeah. It.
1: Yeah, no. And that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know, I'm not a malicious person. Um, it definitely, definitely wasn't my idea or my doing – and if I had a, a way to go back and change that, I would have for sure.
0: Let's go back on track here. Then we, we got that nasty elephant out of the room here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you signed the record deal in your friend's apartment. Yep. Uh, you guys are in this all together. So right after that, do you guys go down to Florida to start tracking and letting Tom mix the record and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, exactly. And we were still we had everyone we needed except for a drummer. And I got hit up. um, Basically, I think by someone at our label or I actually can't remember, but they're like, hey, listen, man, um, you uh, you need to check out this this girl. Uh, Her name is Courtney and she's an amazing drummer. And literally, like, as soon as Alex and I um, saw videos of her, I was like, yeah, she's in for sure. Um, (laughs) So so she actually she actually came down to Florida with us and. um, And uh, dude, I think she knocked out drums to every song on the record in like a day and a half.
0: Jeez, that's impressive.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was insane. Like we had we had her set up in a hotel in Florida, like close by for like a week, I think. And she knocked out the drum parts like super quick. And that was that was insanely impressive to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, any any musician able to do that in a studio situation, because I mean, that's where you guys have to, you know, play your absolute best and be pretty much perfectionist when you're doing that so that's super insane oh yeah so you guys track it gets mixed it gets released what happened next
1: so we are on tour um with the amity affliction and the record comes out in the middle of that tour we actually we got a bunch of physical copies um sent to like a fedex store that we picked up Uh, the day before the album was released. So we actually were, we got permission to sell the album physically at our, our show that night on tour, um, a day early. Then like we had, uh, I had a hand in like, um, all the background stuff, you know, that goes along with, with, uh, with the tour, like, uh, merch or tour managing and stuff like that. And so I was physically... Counting our record sales because you have to turn in these little sheets um, that say how many records you've sold that night. Wow, and, I didn't uh, even know that. Yeah, and so it was crazy because it, you know, it felt like, you know, a lot of people wanted to buy it at the show, and um, yeah, I remember it was it was a pretty cool feeling to finally have something released that was new. Um, that I feel like that I got to play a major role in deciding um, who and what and how. Um, and that, when you when I say it that way, maybe it, it makes me sound like a control freak. I just, I wanted something that I could like put my name on that I actually feel like I played a huge role in creating.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get that. I mean, when you were in Woe Is Me, you are going into, you know, someone else's... Like, you were joining someone else's family, in a sense, because you weren't right. there to help start that. But with Favorite Weapon, that was your family. You grew that from the bottom to what it became. Right. How many tours did you guys do? Because I know you guys only put out the one album.
1: Yeah, we did the one record. We did that tour with the Amity Affliction in the fall of 2014. And then right after that, we did a... Uh, a run a, a tour with slaves uh which would have been the winter of that year and we were set to do another tour in the spring of what 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 would have been 2015 with the color morale
0: Hey oh, did that have been down. an awesome tour to see you god
1: Yeah it, it it actually I think would have been a great tour but right before that tour I had to have uh surgery and basically the doctor was like yeah so you're not going to be able to to do much physical activity for several weeks and i told him about the tour and he said no way so there was this big dilemma um we had to drop off the tour and um things just things weren't looking great there and uh that's that's when things started to kind of fizzle out with uh with favorite weapon there um
0: let's talk about that like what i mean as much as you can say what happened because i mean you know 60 saragossa was you know literally just a great album from start to finish it's something where you can sit down and not skip a track to i know personally uh, myself and uh, like a handful of my friends we were all waiting, you know, for a second album, waiting, waiting, and just nothing came out of it. So, what went down towards the end there?
1: Well, we had to drop off that tour. Um, things weren't going especially well with, with like the album sales, which, um, could have had a lot to do with, with the way that the record was promoted and pushed or lack thereof, I guess you could say. Um, which is one thing. Um, but at the end of the day, here I was again in a situation where I just wasn't having fun on tour. And uh, to put it plain and simple, I just kind of felt like I was in the same boat again. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I guess at that point it was really just the fact that I needed to make a decision. And uh, I think it was at that point that I knew that I just didn't want to be on the road anymore. Anymore.
0: So after all that, let's catch up to now. What have you been doing? Have you been working on anything musical? Just how, how are you doing now that you're off the road?
1: Man, uh, that's a great question. And to be honest, uh, things are great. Uh, I'm engaged. Uh, Congratulations. My and I, hey, thanks, man. My fiance and I are um, in the beginning stages of trying to build a house and get married. Um, just recently, uh, she actually bought me a guitar. Um, I've been talking about wanting a guitar. I got like a recording interface from one of my friends and I had a microphone and everything, but I didn't, I just wanted I just wanted a nice guitar to try to, you know, maybe demo some stuff out. So I've just been kind of writing a little bit, nothing super major. Um, um, no like major plans for a project right now for sure. But, uh, I've definitely been, um, been writing a little bit.
0: That's awesome to hear. At least, you know, you're, you're still sticking with music and you're still writing, even, you know, if nothing like giant comes out of it, at least you're still, you know, doing something that you've done for, since you were little.
1: Right. And that's the thing too, is, is I'm always, music is always going to be a part of my life in one way or another. Um, You know, and that's not to say that if given the opportunity and the chances were right that, you know, I wouldn't mind playing like uh, festival shows or just like a couple shows here and there. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't write that off necessarily.
0: Yeah, kind of maybe like even if you don't even play shows or anything like that, just do like, I don't know what what is it, online project? Something like that where you upload some stuff to YouTube and right stuff
1: that's definitely something that's, that's on the table for sure. Um, in fact, like I've, I've talked to a couple different people about maybe getting like, a, just kind of like a back and forth project started where we just bounce ideas off each other.
0: Those so projects
1: are honestly the funnest. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole point to me is I just want it to be fun, you know?
0: So what do you do now? Do you have a new career or you just have a job type of thing what does a past, I don't know, metalcore metal core rock star do now?
1: <laughs> Man, uh, so, I actually, uh, I'm a dental assistant.
0: Ooh, how did that come to be out of, you know, jumping around, singing on stage, <laughs> yeah. you know, working on people's mouths?
1: It seems weird. Uh, well, I've always, I've always wanted to, to try to help people, and, uh, I actually had done some research and was thinking about going to school to be a surgical tech until someone basically explained that you have to clean up after surgeries and, like, uh-huh. suctions and stuff, and that sounded not like what I wanted to do. Um, and so, actually, my fiance and I, at the time, we just decided together that we were going to go try something new, and it ended up being something that we stuck with and. Um, yeah, so that's what, that's what we both do actually, is that we both work in the dental field.
0: Oh, that's cool. It is pretty cool. We're, we're, we're caught up to now. Um, I, I don't really have any other questions. You, you answered everything you went into depth. So I didn't even have any other questions to ask. Um, is there anything that you want to plug on this show before, you know, I let you go live your life,
1: man, anything that I want to plug, um, I guess at the very least i could say like you know huge thanks to anybody who ever supported any of my musical projects what was my favorite weapon um if you ever listened to oh manhattan before that uh thank you so much man like you know i just i grew up as a kid from a small town in georgia and i was blessed with uh some pretty big opportunities that i think uh, affected a lot of people impacted a lot of people and i really just from the bottom of my heart i want to say thank you to anyone who's ever given me their time
0: i hope you know some of those online projects come to be and we can hear your voice on some new tracks yeah dude
1: like i said i wouldn't write that off um it would definitely be something i'd be into so uh we'll just have to see
0: cool well thank you dude enjoy the rest of your nice friday night
1: hey you too i really appreciate it man thanks for having me yeah of course later man later